This morning, why don't you turn in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. And Abe, I said I had a brief message, and I'm going to make it even briefer. So we'll just do the introduction and the first point, the call to wisdom in connection with this. Now I say turn to the book of Proverbs, and the reason for that is we'll page through Proverbs for uh, just a few minutes and get an overlay of the book as far as my own study and my own reading is concerned. Years ago, truly decades ago now, Dan Smith, the president of Emmaus Bible College, was here ministering to us at Northern Hills. He mentioned in his own disciplines that he read a chapter of Proverbs a day. I had heard of other Christian leaders who had done this. Billy Graham was the most well-known of all the leaders that I knew that read a chapter in Proverbs a day. However, when Dan Smith stated this, I took it to heart and I started to read a chapter of Proverbs each day as a part of my Bible reading. I started this Bible reading habit in Proverbs 40 years ago. That's reading Proverbs 12 times a year. I've read through Proverbs over 450 times. The scripture is ministered to me, but I realized I have not given much ministry to the assembly from the book of Proverbs. I've committed myself to writing some messages and sermons on various topics that are presented in Proverbs and trust that the Lord will use them in our lives for his purposes and for his praise. Now, when these messages will be given, all I can say is from time to time, but I'm preparing the messages. I already have another one prepared besides this one. Having said that, I extend to all of you the opportunity to read God's wisdom literature found in Proverbs by reading a chapter a day. It works out really nicely for a month. The 31-day months are really convenient. The 30 days, uh, I encourage you to read chapter 29 and 30 on the 29th day, and then on the 30th month, go to 31. February, that'll be something you'll have to work out on your own. It may be that the Lord will direct you to read and learn from this area of Scripture. Let the Lord direct you in the study of His Word. That presupposes, dear ones, that you are in the Word of God. And I urge you, be in the Word of God. We've laid it out as a, not a challenge, it is an encouragement that we give here at the assembly. Read through the Bible once a year. It is not that difficult a task once one gets used to the rhythm of doing it. It may be that you would stretch it out throughout the entire year. I don't like to do it that way myself. Uh, I like to read the book uh, fairly quickly. I'm now reading through the book by the beginning of May. And then, selectively, I go over other parts of the scripture as the year goes along. So I encourage you all, be in the word of God. Read the scripture. Let the Lord speak to you from his word and from the book of Proverbs. The purpose of Proverbs is stated openly and plainly to us at the start of the book. Here's what it says. Proverbs is to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain knowledge, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and of their riddles. I'd like to go back to where it says... Uh, gives uh, knowledge and discretion to the youth. We do have some young men here today. 
boy, it's nice to see Faith and Obi and Sebi and Yuano back there. Uh, if you consider yourself in that category of youth, please take this. Dave, I see you trying to hide back there behind those other guys. A nice section of youth back there. Yes, Elizabeth, you're included in this as well. And Karen back there, a nice section of youth. Let the Lord guide you and direct you as far as His Word is concerned. Think of this investment over a lifetime. Think of it as taking the Word of God and God speaking to you each day and adding to the character and the conduct that He would long for you to have. Now here's where we'll page through the uh, book of Proverbs. My own impression of the book is that the first nine chapters of Proverbs They are Proverbs or wise saying that King David gave to his son Solomon. Chapter 10, turn to chapter 10, the beginning of chapter 10. Let's see what it says there. Chapter 10 is the Proverbs of Solomon. So you have now authoritatively saying what you're going to read from now on are the Proverbs of Solomon. What you have earlier, I believe, are... Proverbs that he learned from David, from Nathan the prophet, from his mother Bathsheba, and from other wise individuals that were there. And so these first nine chapters, you have that's wisdom that's been imparted to Solomon. Solomon uh, learned it. He memorized it. And he put it now into this book that he wrote. And then starting in chapter 10, you have a whole series of his Proverbs. Then go up to chapter 24. And we get a little additional as far as the book is concerned. Chapter 24 and verse 23. From 23, uh, that is uh, chapter 24, verse 23, to the end of the chapter, verse 34, it says, These also are sayings of the wise. So they're not attributed to Solomon. They are wise sayings that are put in there for us and uh, given to us for us to consider and think about. Then chapter 25 says, verse 1, These also are Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah and Judah Judah copied out. 250 years after Solomon was king, you have Hezekiah being king. And the records are kept there. And so Hezekiah has made it a burden of his, go back through all of the records that we have of Solomon's writings. See if there are any duplications that we have and see if there are any other areas of proverbial knowledge that have been given to us by Solomon. And let's make sure those are recorded in the book as well. And so he does that from chapter 25 all the way to chapter 30, page up to chapter 30. And you have here in chapter 30, the words of Agar, the son of Jekah. And you have chapter 30 being the words of this oracle to us. And then chapter 31, you have to round out the book, the words of King Lemuel, an oracle that it was taught him by his mother. So you have a woman writing here in chapter 31. She's given these words to her young son, and the young son has memorized them, and now they're put down for us here in chapter 31 to end the book. So that's how I see the book of Proverbs as being developed Now, in later thoughts that I'll give here from Proverbs, the Lord may allow us to go into the various kinds of Proverbs that are in the book, their organization, their poetic style and form, the groups of topics that are covered in Proverbs. And to me, an area that seems overlooked, ignored, 
or even dismissed in the book of Proverbs. Some of the area of topics that are covered in Proverbs, good and evil, wise and foolish, debt, poverty, laziness, and wealth, truth and lies, children and parents, justice, mercy, and hope. Those are among the topics that are covered by Proverbs. And so there's plenty of material to write several messages here. And so I'll continue on and I'll have these messages prepared for us as we have the years to come if the Lord has not returned and drawn us to himself. For our time of ministry this morning, and it'll be a short time, let's turn to chapter 8. I've always wanted to preach a message on chapter 8 because chapter 8 has always been such a puzzle, uh, such a perplexing chapter to me. Listen to what it says about this, excuse me, our time of ministry in chapter 8. This is a wonderful, glorious description and personification of the word wisdom. Wisdom is identified with the triune God as an attribute of God. Wisdom is personified as a woman, a wise woman. Wisdom is referred to with the pronouns she and her. We thank the Lord for the wise, feminine attribute that has its influence in God's plan. Let's listen to what it says about this wise woman at the end of chapter 8. This is uh, woman wisdom speaking directly. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise. Do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates. For whoever finds me and obtains favor from the Lord, but he who fails to find me injures himself, and all who hate me love death. Whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. He who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. Let's pray, please. Father, I have just a couple of minutes, and so I pray for your help as I consider and think about what's to be shared. Ask for your blessing upon this portion of the Word of God. And we commit it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Chapter 8 is not the first appearing of this wise woman. If you look back in chapter 2, you'll find that she makes her first appearance here in the book of Proverbs. Chapter 2 and verse 13. I want to find where it says her. Chapter 3, 13. Thank you. Thank you very much. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than the gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who laid hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. It continues on in chapter 4 and verse 3. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, Let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get insight, do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, she will keep you, love her, and she will guard you. 
The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom and whatever you do, get insight. Prize her highly. She will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place upon your head a graceful garland. She will bestow upon you a beautiful crown. Continues on in chapter 7. Chapter 7, verses 1 through 4. My son, keep my words. Treasure up my commandments with you. Keep my commandments and live. Keep my teaching as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister. Now, chapter 8 has the full revelation of this woman, but chapter 9 even goes on. Chapter 9 and verse 1. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Whoever is simple, let him turn and hear. To him who lacks sense, she says, Come, eat my bread and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. It may be that there are some of you who are objecting to the fact that I'm going to be describing wisdom in the feminine. Take up your argument with the Spirit of God. He's the one that wrote it that way. I'm preaching what he's been teaching. So let's keep that in mind. I want to be careful that I not be too aggressive here. We want to give the place that's due to the feminine person that God gives to it in Scripture and not ignore it or force it down or in some way displace it. God describes wisdom as feminine, a wise woman. Let's make sure that we think in those same terms. We thank the Lord God for his personifying wisdom as a wise woman. However, she's not the only woman in Proverbs. In fact, in chapter 7 and chapter 9, the wise woman, wisdom, is sandwiched between the forbidden woman in chapter 7 and the woman of folly in chapter 9. The forbidden woman has mainly to do with sexual sin. The woman of folly has mainly to do with spiritual sin, the consequences, and those that are seeking the simple and lack sense whose guests are among the dead and end up in hell. So we don't want to say that the feminine is exclusively for wisdom only, rather that God uses this technique to alert us as far as his truth is concerned. The wise woman, wisdom, is in sharp contrast to these other women. She's worthy of our study and of our thought. Do we have something up on the screen for me to see? No, we don't. We don't. I don't think we'll make it. So we'll close that. The technological portion of any lesson plan is always its weakest point. Here is what I wanted, ladies. Uh, I wanted the women's voices to be reading uh, this portion because the, the quote is there directly. And what we'll do is we'll read the first 11 verses. What I was going to do is lead, and then you were going to respond. So look at uh, verses uh, 1 through 11 in chapter 8. And I would have been reading verses 1 through 3, and then the ladies would have been reading 
from 4 to 11. Uh, Today, I'll just read it out for us. At another time, we'll have the ladies do the responsive reading. Verse 1. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads she takes her stand, beside the gates in the front of the town, at the entrance of the portal she cries aloud, To you, O men, I call, and my cry is to the children of men. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Hear, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right, for my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. First of all, we have the call of wisdom and this will be the only thing that we discuss today. Where does she call from? She calls out in the open, as opposed to the woman of folly and the forbidden woman. They are secretive. They come out to individuals one at a time. They do it at night where they can't be seen. This woman calls out in the open, in the high road, the gates of the city, the crossroads, the doors of people's homes. Wisdom is calling out to you this morning from the scripture. It's calling out to you and it's saying, I have wisdom for you. It's not difficult to find. You don't have to go to some obscure place. Rather, it's here plainly before you. Please hear and heed. Now let's listen how she calls. She calls out loud. She doesn't call subtly. She calls out loud and says, I want you to follow wisdom. I want you to benefit from the wisdom that I have for you. So listen carefully to what God has for you as far as wisdom is concerned. To whom does she call? Please listen, fellas. She calls to men, to simple ones, to fools. And she calls to everybody, the children of men, young men. I wonder if it's just incidental that the Spirit of God zeroes in on men (laughs) here as far as the instruction is concerned. Here you have this wise woman calling out to men, mostly to men in this passage. You can include it in the children of men that she's calling out to women as well. Simple ones. For me, I always think of Bob Bruce in connection with this. Bob Bruce was uh, reading the Psalms to us on a Wednesday night, and he said, read the portion that says, the Lord preserves the simple. And Bob stopped, he took his glasses off, and he looked at his head, and he said, how glad I am for this verse. (laughs) Dear Bob, such a faithful man, so wonderful, and yet he ascribed this to himself. I want to make sure I identify with Bob Bruce today. I'm an extremely simple individual. I like toys. I like kids. I like object lessons. I like magic tricks. I'm a simple, simple individual, and wisdom calls out to me. If you want to learn wisdom, it's available for you here. Where she calls, how she calls, to whom she calls, and what she calls. 
She calls out noble things, what is right, the truth, righteousness. Wickedness is an abomination to her. She calls out what is right and straight. There is nothing twisted or crooked in her. As we pursue wisdom and as we look at wisdom, God has for us exactly what he wants to direct us in as far as the truth and what is right in our lives. And then why she calls. The woman woman wisdom calls to us so you'll receive the value of wisdom. Wisdom is more important and more valuable than silver, gold, or jewels. It says it right here. Nothing compares to her. Solomon asked for wisdom. The wealthiest man of his age. So wealthy that silver was like stone. That's how wealthy things were. That It was not even regarded. They didn't even count it up. It was just piled up upon pile upon pile. He drank out of gold goblets and... He's saying to us that wisdom is much better than silver, gold, or jewels. With me you may receive prudence, knowledge, and discretion. I'll go into detail sometime about those things when I have another opportunity to minister on this topic. With me you'll discover to hate evil, arrogance, pride, and hate perverted speech. And with me you'll receive counsel, sound wisdom, insight, and strength. I urge you all, pursue wisdom. Pursue the wisdom that God gives for us in the Scripture, but I underlined this this morning, knowing that this would be uh, the last thought that I have, the purpose of writing of Proverbs. Whoever finds me finds life and obtains the favor of the Lord. He who fails to find me injures himself, and all who hate me love death. I'm appealing to you today, dear ones, on the basis of the word of God, that you be a wise person who pursues wisdom, who loves life. If you do not do that, you're a foolish person. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. He's not speaking about the atheist there. The emphasis seems to be there is no God. No, he's talking about the rejecter of the truth. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. The evidence of God is all around us. The uncaused cause is there. It is an irresistible argument. The design and the complexity of the universe. It can't be incidental. There had to be a designer. The moral qualities that are within us that C.S. Lewis makes his argument for in mere Christianity. We know what is right and what is wrong. And it is shared cross-culturally throughout history, right and wrong. And that is a reflection of us knowing that there is one who truly gives us that information, right and wrong. And that is God himself. The evidences are there. But the fool has said in his heart, in his heart, there is no God. I don't care what the evidence is. 
I don't care what the prophecies are that have been fulfilled. I don't care about the historical arguments for Jesus. What I'm going to say is I'm not going to have him in my heart. Instead of being wise, I'll remain a fool. Dear ones, the scripture is appealing to you today. Be wise. Be wise. Love life. Receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. And that's my gospel message. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, how we thank you today for Abe's testimony, Abe's and Joyce's testimony, Lord. Thank you for them. Ask your blessing upon them. Just pray for this small little portion that's been shared here from Proverbs and commit that to you and uh, pray for your blessing upon it. We, Dear Lord, I call upon you to have the Spirit of God knocking at the heart's door of individuals who have not received you as Savior. May they by faith come into the family of God. We have prayed for individuals, Lord. We pray this morning, Spirit of God, do your work in the hearts and minds of these individuals. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.